1: It is the 30 something movie podcast. Noises off everybody. Noises off. Which coincidentally is also the movie that we're talking about.
3: The noises off means background noises on. That's the that that's the meaning of
2: that phrase in the theatrical world. Yeah. yeah. As in noises off stage.
0: Okay, well, as far as there being silence,
2: I'm just saying from our recording from
0: last week, I'm having PTSD with that because I was on mute and trying to talk and couldn't figure out why no one was responding to me for the last 10 minutes of the episode, and then I realized I was on mute the whole time. So, Pat, Pat said the most
1: eloquent things any of us have ever said, but it just didn't get recorded. Oh,
0: it was it was groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. So. So I'm keeping my mute on. If I use the bathroom, mute's on. I'm changing, doing my dishes, mute will be on or off or, you know what I'm trying to say.
1: It's like, it, it, you know. But it's like, good Lord, could you even get a sentence out? And then I like. I mean, like, and here we are, Jesus. And it's it's like <laughs> the thing with the, yeah. I'm wondering why we would do this podcast. I don't understand. Can you can you tell me <laughs> like the motivation of why we would do this podcast?
2: <laughs> well,
1: you had a great fright as a child
2: and, and speaking to your friends virtually on a. Computer screen helps you I go sc- to sleep at night. I see and Selzn,
1: He's right over there. I'm sorry. I'm getting a nosebleed. I'm
0: not
3: sure. I'm Am I putting him that. on? or Is he putting me on?
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying like, I can't, I got to go back and find the scene, but whatever, it was early on when he was trying to get him to do the dress rehearsal and the guy kept questioning him or just, and he was basically like, just walk on the blankety blank stage or just whatever it was. And it was like, okay, I I can't empathize with that. You know, a director just like, I need you to do this. And the guy's going, I need you to do this. I, and I, I,
3: Jeff, do you remember like what? I know. I I know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. Last line. He's he's talking he's he's talking to him. He's like, "John, get, get the beep ready button." Yes. But, but yeah, the line okay. he's, he's talking to him like, "Would you get off the f-ing stage?"
0: Yes, that's right. The guy kept arguing. And he because...
3: Just just, stare, just stares
0: at him. Yes, 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 and he's basically agreeing with him. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah I get yeah. it. Now just get off the blankety blank stage. Yeah. Oh,
3: so great.
1: It it really well, was. I'll
3: introduce this movie so we can just keep
1: going. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so we are talking noises off, and so far you've heard them, but you might not know who these gentlemen are. We have Jeff. Hi. Bo. Yo. And Patrick. Hey, hey. I thought Patrick was going to go with, like, the silent thing that he did last episode. Man, I'm,
0: tell- I'm telling you, it was on I mute.
1: I-, I believe you. I-, I genuinely thought you did fall asleep, though. I care.
0: I- <laughs> I know you guys did. And I'm like, why did they keep interrupting? Like, I know I talk a lot, but I mean, I, I do.
1: <laughs> I was just, I was just, I was just letting you sleep, man. I, I didn't, that's why I didn't I text I so you
2: wish I'd seen the video. Like I wish it, his video had been on and he'd been like, but I, and, uh. I must well, have missed okay. that
3: episode of 60 minutes. To which episode <laughs> are you referring Mm-hmm. uh What episode are you talking about? Was
0: I there? The la- I I don't remember. I don't think so. It was the last. It hasn't come out yet.
1: It was Universal Soldier. Oh, oh. okay. At the time Got of it. this recording, yeah. that one's not out. It'll be out this Wednesday. Okay. When when is this recording being released? When now. will then be now? Then will be now the first Wednesday of May. Okay, so I
3: don't have a kid yet. A third kid. Correct. Okay. But oh, what is well, he's, what he's recording, not. all
1: of a sudden I'm going to have a third kid. What a, what a time jump that'll be. Boy, let's do the time warp again. <laughs> well, congratulations in advance. Thanks. There there's one Jeff. for a special oh. episode for us. There you go. Do you want to podcast live while your wife is going into labor? I'm going to give me something to do. I was I was going to
0: say this first. thing. I should, we
1: should podcast from the delivery room. <laughs> There you go. Hey, okay. Maybe I'm the only one finding that funny. We did. No, we we (laughs) did the breakfast club in an actual school library. So, I mean, I feel like,
3: you know, I'll tell you what, they are very protective in the delivery room about recording devices and such. I would hope I was, I was at, I had my phone out to take pictures. I think when Mikey was born and one of the nurses was like, I will tell you exactly when you're allowed to take a picture. I was like, well, I, I I was like, I'm ready to go. She goes, no. I will let you know when you can take a picture. <laughs> oh, 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 mm-hmm. All right. Okay. All right, Nurse Ratchet. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right. Well, yeah, that's, well, one that's of these episodes, I'm going to have a third kid. So it might be during an episode. I may have recorded it before, but it's coming out after. The kid might be coming out after before I recorded. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Plates, sardines, plates of mashed banana,
1: knocking upstairs. Upstairs. Which, by the way, I I am going to share with you that and tax, governor. No, not this time. Tax on women. They'll tax anything. Um, Anyway, I am going to share. Eventually, we are going to get this movie introduced, and we are going to go through all the other parts of the podcast that we go through.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that might happen. Then again,
1: we might find a bottle of J and B and just be done with it all. Welcome to the thirty-something movie podcast. My name is John, and yeah. (laughs) i'm just thinking these morons have
2: hijacked my podcast and
1: here's jeff and bo and patrick
0: hi i'm thinking that just because i suggested like hey we should podcast from the delivery room our last female listener is probably canceled at that point so well i'm sorry that's assuming we had any left but
2: sure yeah go with that
0: well well the wasn't there one that I insulted their movie and then they joined the, pa- I thought that was one of the patrons that like I, I insulted we, their yeah, movie. We, we, well, we she have, joined when we, we announced
2: the make Pat watch a movie thread, right? I
1: mean, that's how that goes. Yeah. So, well, we're nothing if not consistent. Mm. Yes. All right, John. Why are we here? Uh, well, we're here. So the one of the things I was going to say before everybody just kept going and kept interrupting me. Um, well, just tell us when the recording starts, and we'll make sure to get quiet. It re, it it started like seven and a half minutes ago. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good. That's good. Then we're up and running. Hey, Pat. This is the first week of a new Ooh. month, and before <laughs> I start coming up with a title for this month, what do you think it should be called? <laughs>
0: i got nothing man i'm giving my mouth shut it's like i'm just i'm just saying i i i was i'm just saying guys i'm just saying when you sit around and talk about gremlins having holes because you know they could lick themselves to multiply and all i say is that a month
2: doesn't have something to do with its meaning or shake it three times (laughs) i don't even know what
1: we're talking about anymore
2: (laughs) i don't even better that
3: way
0: John, it's 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 your show, so you could call it "Burning Poop in a Purse" month, and we go with it. You know what I'm saying? You
1: all right. Won't well, get a complaint out of me. Well, everybody, welcome to Bay. It's "Burning Poop in a Purse" month, according to well, Patrick Canagala. S- I I don't want to get corrected anymore, so that's what this month is called. Um, well, I, I, I think that's a
0: little bit rough. I think this was a really good movie tonight. I don't think it was a burning poop, but you call it whatever you want. No, I,
1: that's You're the, the theme. That's the theme for the month. I mean, you can decide. Oh, what it is, okay, so. okay, all um, right, okay. So anyway, this is the thirty-something. Welcome to the thirty-something movie podcast. I'm John, and there's Jeff, and there's Bo, and there's Pat. Let's go. All right. Um, spoiler alert: We spoil freely. I'm just going to rush through this, and if I have to mute you guys, I will. Pat will end up muting himself, so it's okay.
2: I don't know that we've ever been threatened with muting before, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to turn all of your noise. There you go. You can visit our website. Visit our website, 30podcast.com, where you can rate, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon, where you get access to a bunch of bonus episodes that are on there, so you can enjoy that. And let's see, this this being the first week of the month, we do have this month in 92, so let's hop in the DeLorean and head back to May of 1992.
0: When this baby hits 88 miles per hour...
3: I gotta see some serious...
1: All right, May of 92. So top news from May of 92. May 9th, final episode of Golden Girls airs on NBC. May 9th. There it is. May 9th, Salem Village Witchcraft Victims Memorial was dedicated in the former Salem Village to mark the 300th year anniversary of the Salem witch trials. May, 9th, right. May 19th, Amy Fisher, I don't know if anybody remembers this little news item, Amy Fisher shoots Mary Jo Buttafuco in the face in an altercation over an affair with her husband. Ah, Joey Buttafucco. Joey Buttafucco. What a class act, that guy. Every middle school kid's favorite last name. Yep. Also on May 19th, on a slightly different level, Some Gave All is the debut album by Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, wow. May 22nd, Johnny Carson's final appearance as the host of The Tonight Show. Jay Leno takes over on May 25th. Oh, I remember when that all went down. I do, too. It's a little... It seemed a little tense, even as a kid. I remembered, like, something seemed strange. Yeah. 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 And then May 31st, the final episode of Night Court airs on NBC. Oh, Night Court. Bull was my hero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Birth. Sam Smith, the British singer-songwriter, was born in London, England on May 19th, 1992. Uh, He also sang the theme song from the James Bond movie Spectre. The song, Writings on the Wall. We had quite a few deaths in this month. We had on May 2nd, Philip Dunn, a screenwriter, dies of cancer at age 84. On May 6th, Marlena Dietrich, a German-American actress and singer, died in Paris at age 90. On May 17th, Lawrence Welk of The Lawrence Welk Show died of pneumonia at age 89. Oh... Top sports. May first, Oakland outfielder Ricky Henderson steals his one thousandth Major League Baseball career base. Yeah, he did. Wow, that was awesome. I remember him holding up the base. Yeah, yeah. And then May twenty second, the Indianapolis five hundred. Al Unser Jr. holds off Scott Goodyear to win by zero point zero four three seconds, the closest finish in Indy history. Is that still, Pat? You might remember that, man. Is that still the closest finish? Well, I think, I think,
0: I think so. I think so. So yeah, that was, that was was an exciting year. Yeah. Good
1: times. Good times. Top books this month were the Pelican Brief by John Grisham and Jewels by Danielle Steele. (laughs) Top movies were Basic Instinct and Lethal Weapon 3. And the top song was Jump by Chris Cross. Wow. Mac, that'll make
2: Mm -hmm. Mm you. Jump,
1: jump. Daddy Mac will
3: make you. Sing it, Bo.
2: Jump, jump.
3: There you go. Crisscross will make you
2: jump, jump.
3: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep.
2: That brings back, uh, yeah, memories. mm mm-hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Our movie this time around is Noises
1: (laughs) Off. It came out on the 20th of March, 1992, rated PG-13. One hour, 41 minutes, directed by Peter Bogdanovich, who died in 2022 this year. He also directed The Last Picture Show and Paper Moon. Writers were Michael Frayn, who did the play, and Marty Kaplan, who did the screenplay. Frayn also did Clockwise and First and Last. Kaplan did Striking Distance and The Distinguished Gentleman. Producer was Frank Marshall, who did Raiders of the Lost Ark and Signs. Music was done, the music editor uh, was Thomas A. Carlson, who also did music for Happy Feet and The Bourne Ultimatum. Cinematography was done by Tim Surstet, who did Idiocracy and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Editor was Lisa Day, who did Xanadu and Music and Lyrics. Budget was $12 million, Box Office was $2 million so it did not make its money back. Flickmetrics gives it a 68%. Cinema score, gives it an A-. minus. Starring Carol Burnett as Dottie Otley or Mrs. Clackett or Mrs. Rackett or Mrs. Flotchet. Flotchett Flotchet. Ratchet and... Crockett. Davy Crockett. The Carol Burnett Show and Annie. Michael Caine was Lloyd Fellows. He was in The Dark Knight and Muppet Christmas Carol. Denholm Elliott, who died in 1992, played Selston Mowbray or The Burglar. He was in Trading Places and Indiana Jones movies. Julie Haggerty played Poppy Taylor. She was in Airplane and Marriage Story. Mary Lou Jenner played Belinda Blair or Flavia Brent. She was in L.A. Story and the TV series Taxi. Mark Lynn Baker played Tim Allgood. He was in Perfect Strangers and My Favorite Year. Christopher Reeve, who died in Cousin 2004. Larry. Cousin Larry. Christopher Reeve died in 2004. He was Freddie Dallas or Philip Brent. He was in Superman and Death Trap, which we did just a little while ago. John Ritter, who died in 2003, was Gary Lejeune, or Roger Tramplemain. He was in Three's Company and Problem Child. Nicolette Sheridan was Brooke Ashton, or Vicky. She was in Knott's Landing and Desperate Housewives. A traveling theater group finds so much action going on behind the scenes, they almost ruin the performances.
2: Once upon a time, in a place of make-believe, there was a little theater company that couldn't. Sorry, folks. Am I doing something wrong? They couldn't get their cues right. What is going on? They couldn't get their lines straight. We only just managed to fit it in. I mean, we'd
3: only just do it. I mean...
2: They couldn't even stand on their own two feet.
3: Are you all right, Gary? Don't panic, don't panic! He's all right! Well done.
2: Until a director was hired...
3: Hold it! Stop.
2: Stop. Stop. Hold it! to take control god said hold it he started with the basics we know you've worked over in london in some very classy places where they let you make the play up as you go along but we don't want that kind of thing here love develop their talent would it perhaps be better if i came on a little earlier right only only a little sooner a shade earlier like yesterday
3: nurtured their creativity let me just say one thing no, no. could i ask another dumb question no
2: and guided their every move don't fall down tim we may not be insured now, if he can only get them to Broadway in one piece. I'm starting to know what God
3: felt like. And what did he feel like? Very pleased he'd taken his valium
2: They just might have a happy ending
3: It's like the band playing on as the Titanic sank.
2: Touchstone Pictures and Amblin Entertainment present Peter Bogdanovich picture. <laughs> is it a party? Noises off. I've worked with a lot of directors, but I've never met one who was so totally and absolutely. I don't know.
0: Beautifully put, Gary.
1: and I think I texted you all this, but I wasn't really sure if I was going to go through with it because sardines play so prominently in this movie. I realized I've never had sardines before.
3: You're not going to.
1: Have you guys ever had sardines? No, No, you've never had sardines before. No, you're John. You're not going to, are you John? I hold in my hand. Oh God. (laughs) I hold in my hand, a can of sardines. Uh,
3: uh, you gotta smell okay. that the rest of the night, my friend. I, yeah, uh,
1: I also your, your I,
2: poor wife has to smell that. That's really the concern.
1: I also hold in my hand a, a canned margarita drink.
2: That's an interesting combination. It, it, it is going to do interesting things in your stomach.
1: It, it may help. I just threw up in my mouth. I know. It's okay,
2: not, does not sound good.
1: So now I will specify. That when I was at the grocery store, I was like, all right, I'm going to try these. I will, hey, I, I'm one of those people that is willing to do some kind of a gimmick for the podcast. It's totally fine. Okay. Yeah. The one thing that was a bridge too far is, and, I, and, and somebody may complain and they'll be like, well, then you didn't really eat a sardine. Is I opted for the skinless, boneless sardines. It's a good move. Because something about the skin and bones being included in the sardine, that was a bridge too far for me. That's a good call. So at some so, point, so, so, no. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, so you're eating like a sardine fillet type thing.
1: I, I believe so. You know, a it's sardine breast, sardine, yes. if you will.
0: <laughs> yes. So oh, we're trying to keep it family
1: friendly. Okay. No, no, never mind. I'm, I'm going to do like an ASMR thing and, and try to open this right next to the microphone. Can I?
2: Okay. Just be careful you don't get the sardine juice on your microphone. You're going to smell I, that for months. Know, like I'm not even kidding. I know. My mother likes those things, and the smell is just more than I can bear. Yeah. I ate a a bug once.
1: (laughs) You ate a what? Uh,
3: That's the closest I've gotten to a sardine
2: is I had a cricket. You ate a bug? Yeah. Was it chocolate covered, or did you just eat a bug? How does it it compare?
3: One of the teachers that we work with got a bunch of chocolate covered crickets. Or was advertised as chocolate covered crickets. And what it looked more like was a chocolate that got smushed on top of a cricket or the cricket like got stuck on the assembly line of the, at the chocolate factory and just made its way and got squished into it. any anyway, we did it and we have buttons that we can wear that say I, we're part of the,
1: I ate a bug club. That's when I dropped I mean, out of that class in college. When I was taking a class on the science of bugs. And the teacher brought in, I think it was like right about the deadline where I could drop the class. The teacher brought in, it was like, what was it? It was a uh, Rice Krispie treats that had ants baked into it yeah, well. and they also had chocolate covered crickets.
0: Does, does anybody People have good things. an M&M? Like what's wrong with the M&M? Why uh, not just an M&M?
1: There's nothing wrong with an M&M. All m right. okay. M&M might be the perfect confection. Okay. So I'm, gonna, I'm just saying, I'm going to, I'm going to pull one of these out here and I'm going to give it a try. Hmm. I, I don't really know what's going to happen here. I got an idea. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little slimy. Hmm. All right, here we go. Let's let's not get olive oil juice all over everything. Oh God. God. Oh God. Mm. Ooh. He's doing this all for you,
2: listeners. You didn't slimy, ask him. He He's satisfied. doing it anyway.
1: Slimy. Let's. get Satisfying. You know what? On a cracker that might not be too bad. But by itself? By itself, it's 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 okay. I'm just imagining the plate of sardines that she had in the play now.
2: And you know what? If you and want And when they stepped on it and, they stepped and on when it. they dumped it on someone's head.
1: Yeah.
3: Because if, if you walk into school tomorrow and hand those out to us, I'm gonna be very upset. Oh, I didn't even
1: think of that. Start in the band room. Now I thought of that. Thank you, Jeff. I'm going to bring treats for everybody. I'm going to even drive over to the high school and bring some to Bo. Hmm. All right. Well, I've had my first sardine now. Sean, how do you feel? How do you feel? Revolted. I mean, it's not actually that bad. Granted, it's probably not the same sardines like they had in the movie. I'm sure those had the skin on them and the bones still inside.
2: More power to you if you think they're not that bad.
0: I I, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. How does it relate to like eating a piece of smelt or eating uh, an anchovy? I've never had an anchovy.
1: Really? My understanding though is this is less salty than an anchovy. That is my understanding as well. Yeah. Actually, no. Actually, these it's not too bad because especially if you, I would say if you don't if you want the benefits of fish. But you, welcome to the 30 something food podcast. Uh, if you want the benefits of eating fish, but you don't want a super fishy taste or smell, actually, these are not too bad.
2: Okay.
1: So, there's some uh, noises off going on. I'm not quite sure what you're saying. Yeah, Pat's grinding up a cocktail as we're speaking. Is that what that yeah, is? I'm, I'm,
0: yeah, that's a cocktail.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a spicy meat of all. There we go. I'm sorry, guys. I can't, I can't turn the mute on because then I'll forget and you guys will think I fell
1: asleep. Uh-huh. All right. So, major moments in this movie. We have, uh, we have a few major moments here. So, starting major off, moments. we have the, uh, the movie starts off. We have the opening on Broadway. And we know something is up and something is wrong because Lloyd is trying to escape. Which I think is kind of a funny way to start the movie. You know things are going like to go every downhill. good
2: director. Mm -hmm. he's he's already done on opening night on broadway he is done with his own show is there a a problem
3: with your seat sir yes it's facing the
1: stage (laughs) so i love even if you have not seen the play for this i think it's just it's a hilarious way to start so now i'm and it's been a long it's been high school since i've actually seen the stage production does the stage production start with a scene like that as well I, i forget how it starts no. No. Okay. It so goes straight
2: into act one. Okay. Okay. A All lot of the, of the director voiceover stuff is handled very differently. Okay. In the stage show. But other than that, it's now, pretty the true the voiceover
3: too. Voiceover stuff was added for the movie.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: And they switched a couple last names around. But other than that, it's pretty, 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 pretty faithful.
1: Pretty, pretty good. All right. So that's that's kind of our, our first opening minute uh, opening major moment of the movie. The next one is we, we jump right into act one here and it is the last minute rehearsal, whether it's the dress or tech rehearsal. I'm not sure anybody really knows. It could be either one. It could be both. And I mean, for God's sakes, you know. Well, yes. I mean, we're here and you're there and, you know. And here we are. And here we are, right. So this to me, and, and I'm going to blend together my, my next two, the moments that I have down here because this last minute rehearsal, I, I think this movie, and I noticed that when trying to go find, after I watched it, I wanted to find like a, a written out outline of the plot and nobody does it. They're just like, well, act one, hijinks ensue. And they leave it at that because I don't think there's a way you could effectively write out an outline of this plot and go into much detail because it's just too it's, it's too crazy and chaotic to do something like that. You'd have to you'd have to be writing out the entire script to do this. So so the fun part about this rehearsal is we get introduced to these major characters and we learn right away that everybody's got a weakness. Like, everybody has got a little foible or quirk about them that is going to be their weakness going forward. We've got... I'll I'll run through the major characters here, and feel free to just comment on these characters as we go along. Uh, We start with Dottie. Dottie is very forgetful. She is dating Gary. which all oranges and lemons. Absolutely. And I've I've only got one leg here, okay? Just give me a moment. Good thing I can't see far with this leg. (laughs) And I leave... The receiver
2: and take the newspaper. Yes. Wait. <laughs> Wait did we change? Did we change that, Lloyd, darling? No, Dottie, my precious. <laughs> is that is that what I've always been doing? I wouldn't say that, Dottie, Mac- <laughs>
3: <laughs> Oh God,
1: I love this movie. So she so gets. Good. She gets the stage all to herself for this first little bit of the movie. And it's, it's just fun to kind of watch her go through that. And And I
2: I think it's, it's funny to note that they play her, they play Dottie a little like Carol Burnett. Like she is well-known. She is going to hit the stage to applause because it's her, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's fun about that character that they build her up to be this, she's on the, on the waning side of her career. Don't get me wrong. But this is the star vehicle. This is her last go. And I think that's a fun little way to do that. Yeah, I think
3: it's worth pointing out to our listening audience, if we have any left after we insulted so many people early on, if, and when you go to view this movie, you need to realize that what you need to pay attention to are the characters. Don't worry about the play that they're rehearsing in the movie. This movie has nothing to do with that. The reason you go through act one, which is the dress rehearsal, is so you have the payoffs in act two and act three. So you don't need to try to figure out, well, what is this play that they're trying to put on? What is this show that they're rehearsing? That doesn't matter. You need to just go along with it. You need to pick up on the different beats that they're that they're focusing on during their dress rehearsal, so you get the payoff in Act Two. Because I've had friends that I've recommended this movie to, and they were just like, "I doesn't even get it. I didn't what well, I've never heard of nothing on." And what show was that that they were doing?
1: Like, well, you've missed the entire thing.
2: Yeah, that that's that's immaterial.
1: It, it, it doesn't that doesn't matter. It's a British bedroom farce. That's all you need to know. Right. So.
3: So th- there's my little uh, caveat for our listening audience. If you go back to watch Noises Off, you don't need to worry about the show that they're rehearsing. Get and to know the characters.
2: If you watched it and got here and have some of those issues, give it another shot. Try in a different headspace because I promise you it's really funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, so let's see. So we've got, we started with Dottie. We've got Selsden. So Selsden is the elderly British gentleman, is also consistently drunk and hard of hearing probably when he wants to be.
2: Again, a little bit like Dottie, they have this this actor playing himself in a way. He's talking about how he used to do, the character used to do banks and bullion vaults while Selsden, the actor, used to do
1: Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And now he's not so much. Yeah. And later on, we get three Celstons who used to do banks and bullion vaults.
2: <laughs> Which is one of the best scenes ever.
3: <laughs> when I think I used to do banks. When I think he used to do bullion, bullion
2: vaults. vaults. Now I'm breaking into paper bags. <laughs> one of yeah. my favorite lines ever is, no bars, no burglar alarms. They ought to be prosecuted for incitement. <laughs>
1: <sighs> Taxes on women? Well, they'll tax anything
2: nowadays.
1: they tax anything <laughs> these days. Belinda is cheerful and sensible. She she seems to be like the most reliable one of the whole group, and she may or may not have some feelings for Freddie. Pot stir. Mm-hmm. That's her role here. It stir is, that yeah. pot. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to be in the drama all day long. She might be the one having the most fun out of everybody. Oh, indeed. If... <laughs> If there was, a, we're gonna call back to one of our other podcasts we enjoy listening to. If there was a drunk Shimoda mm. for this movie, it's probably gonna be Belinda.
2: Well, here's an interesting one, Jeff. If there's a character in this show that's meant to be the audience, is it Belinda? Because she's that's not nice. involved really in any of the hijinks, except to be there to witness it. <sighs> yeah i mean she plays around in act two because she gets some of the physical comedy going and stuff but right no that's a good point i I never thought about that till just now but that's interesting yeah i think she she, is she's the straight man
3: yeah she might represent us to help tie us into what's going on Hmm. good call man
1: yeah and if you uh, if you really enjoy superman movies and you want to see him in a slightly different light there's freddie Freddie's an American actor with a serious fear of violence and blood, and constantly getting nosebleeds. Uh, he also often questions the meaning of his lines and every movement that he makes, and is very hard on himself when anything goes wrong, whether it's his fault or not. Superman gets a bloody nose. All right, come on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just don't understand what I'm doing here.
2: Well, why do why do I take the box into the study?
1: Because you're feeling insecure.
2: Oh. Oh, thank
1: you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah. Or, or, I see that, but, and I see that, but. (laughs) Then we also have Gary, who's an American actor who never finishes a sentence. He's always completing sentences with things like, and why not, and of course, and, you you know, he is easily angered, and he's dating Dottie. So we have the potential for some, love triangle action going on. Actually, we probably have several love triangles here. There, it's there, I, there are all sorts of showmances going on. It's a love rhombus. There we go. Ring the bell. Episode title: Love Rhombus. Oh, and the name of John band college could have been. And then one of our last ones. Uh, well, of course we have the director. We have Lloyd, but we've also got Brooke. Is the last of our actors. Uh, she's a little absent-minded, always losing a contact lens, and most sometimes of her. in her own eye. In her own eye, it, it went <laughs> off to the side. It didn't go far, and uh, eventually loses her clothes for most of the play, and is part of the Lloyd, Poppy, and Brooke love triangle. So those directors. So of these different characters that we meet, do you have a favorite? All of them.
2: Yeah, but I I love Lloyd. I love that dry British wit. Am I putting him on or is he putting me on? (laughs) And you know what? I I got it.
3: One of the things that I love about this movie, and and maybe, Bo, you can really relate to this as well, is when you're involved in doing theater capacity these people,
2: Mm, indeed.
3: Like you can identify by name people that you've worked with that fit these caricatures of these different types of actors.
2: Oh yeah. When, when Which, he was writing this, he had people in mind that he had worked with and he was like, Oh yes. Like, but I mean, there's,
3: it's just, there's very specific theater people mm-hmm. and, we all know them because we've all worked with them, which just for me makes this movie more enjoyable is because I like been there, worked with that guy. I know what that's like. Been that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Disagreements and feuds <laughs> with, <laughs> with cast members that you can't let show on stage. The second the door closes <laughs> showmances that get in the way of other things that make things more difficult. Like all of it. And just like, yep, yeah, been there. Yep, yeah, been there.
2: Never swung an axe at somebody, I can honestly say that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I haven't
2: done that yet. Wanted to. Just never actually had an axe handy with which to follow through on. Let's be honest.
1: I've I've swung an axe, not at a person. Well, that's good. And I've chased a living creature with an axe, mm. but again, not a human being.
2: Sidebar. There is one of those ax throwing places locally. Now we should go. I believe it's in Mundelein, like right over here somewhere. Okay. So sidebar, we should do that.
1: Podcast field trip. (laughs) There you go. A podcast field trip there. And then at some point (laughs) I did tell the Shirley podcast guys that we need to like make some kind of a podcast field trip, like down to, I don't know, even if we like met them halfway or something. Oh, totally. Podcast field trip somewhere. I like the idea of podcast field trips. So we could do a little podcast road trip sometime. Yes. Just not in the next three weeks because nah. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff apparently is procreating. Apparently. One of these, yeah. one of these episodes, man, I'm going to have a third kid. There you go. The gonna one surprise all of us. The one where we record live from the delivery room. Anyway. Anyway. So our next major moment is we are now on the road. So after we've gotten past this rehearsal, we are on the road now, and we have the major events of the Florida matinee and the Cleveland matinee. Tell us a little bit about these matinees and how well they go. The Not Florida
2: fun. matinee, three minutes, two minutes, one minute. One
3: minute three is
2: minutes. so good and so funny. And as the guy who's made those calls before, there is – so much, so much like desire to mess with people because you've seen this movie.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, will you please take your seats? The show will begin in two minutes.
1: We just said that. Oh, okay. Ladies and (laughs)
3: and gentlemen, will you please take your seats? The show will begin in one minute.
0: I think for me, the funniest part of that scene was watching all of and i'm forgetting the characters i apologize but all of alfred pennyworth's reactions the director lloyd yeah i watching his reaction like when and it's just like the first four times that, or five times or 500 times they mess up the time but the first couple times all you get is the eyebrow raise it is so subtle and it's just genius because it's just like the show will begin in three minutes da, 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 action 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 the show will begin in three minutes. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I wonder if anyone really even noticed that. But you just see Lloyd, and he doesn't even raise an eyebrow. He just kind of like looks like he just looks into the middle distance. Like he's he's eating his gummies or he's reading the playbill or whatever. And then they 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 repeat the three minutes and you see him look into the middle distance. And then they go back and then the gag goes again a few more times. And but again, his reaction is so understated, it's just hilarious because you're like, okay he knows what's going on. And, and then it just builds and builds. And so each time the reaction is bigger. And then finally he's busting in backstage and just like, what the, he's dropping F bombs. What is going on back here? I'm, you're in town. No, I'm not in town, but I got to let Hamlet see his shrink. So I came to, you know, I mean, it's just like, and then you're off, right. Then we're off to the racers, but just seeing that whole thing start with just him looking to the side, like what is going on back there? It's, just absolutely laid me out.
2: And the, the old folks behind him getting up to go to the bathroom and sitting back down. And <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, God, And I don't know if this is the
0: appropriate time in the podcast to say it, but I don't know in the last 402 episodes if I've ever waited for the appropriate time to say something in the podcast. You haven't. It, it's, it's just, well, it's like, you know, it's like that the, uh, no, but seriously, I don't know how to describe it. Then other than to say the rhythm of the scenes, just listening to how the lines were delivered and how the pacing went so that, Mm. and, and people that are either work in theater, worked in theaters, worked on theaters or are English majors on the podcast, please set me straight with this. But it's like the dialogue was, it was like it's line, then an answering line, then another line, then it goes and then it just builds and builds and builds and it hits a cadence point and then it drops back down again. And then it builds and builds and builds and, builds and, cadence point. and then it drops back down. And I wish I could give you an example, but I, it's well like this, right? You know, his reaction it begins in three minutes, his reaction again, two minutes, his reaction. And like, that's building, building, building to the point where he busts in backstage and asks what's going on. Or earlier when you, you get like the different actors will come in and they'll say their lines. And a lot of times it's repetition. It's like the same line over and over. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the names, but the dude that was in Three's Company, he's coming in, Harry. Okay, so Harry comes in, Gary, whatever the heck his name is. But he comes in, Mr. Foyt. Anyway, he comes in and he'll do his thing and then he'll do his thing again where he ends sentences without specifics and then someone else will have something and then it builds up and then everyone says the same thing. And then like there'll be another whole run of dialogue And it'll build to the same cadence point. He'll kind of say some weird things and everyone reacts the same way. And it's like, I, 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 and that's why I don't think I processed. I think I went to the other extreme, Jeff. I think I went to the other extreme of your friends that watched it and didn't get it. And I don't want to say I got it so much, but it was like, I got so enthralled with just watching them interact. I forgot to pay any attention to their character names and their idiosync. Like I, I, I missed all that just because I was just enthralled with, this whirling dervish of action that was happening. And that's what it was. It was like, it would build, build, build and then let down and then do the same kind of gags, but more intense. And it was, it was awesome. It was awesome.
3: Part of the whole thing about farce in general is you have that fast paced dialogue a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And with an example, like noises off, it is brilliant dialogue. And it's one of the most difficult parts about performing first is because it's such a rhythm and timing thing that if you mess up one line, it can derail the entire segment that you're working on. You have to be able to nail those lines. Now, these guys, they had the benefit of, filming it for a movie, right? So they could do take after take if need be. And or I'm not saying... they could tighten up
2: the edits a little bit if they yeah, needed I'm, to. And I'm not
3: saying that, that, that that's what happened. I have no idea. You know, these are some pro- prolific actors that are in this movie. There's a good chance that they all got it right more often than not. But it, you, you have to stop and think about it. when you're seeing this on stage, an actor on stage that has to spew out these lines... Mm-hmm. It's it's an incredible thing to to watch and then when you get to act 2 which is all behind all backstage it's all it, it it's one dance that's choreographed it's it's a dance that runs the entirety of act 2 and it's all choreographed and you have to hit your beat and you have to hit your mark every single time at the right time because you don't have the benefit of dialogue to cover it up. So it just takes a very difficult thing to do right and really takes it to the nth degree. You know, now for a real challenge, we're going to do all of this, but we're not even going to talk. It's all in our physical comedy now. We need to let the physicality of it play out to entertain an audience. And the fact that actors can do that and I, I've sat in, in a live theater watching this show, enjoying it, and you, then all of a sudden I stop and think: I've been sitting here for thirty minutes watching these people run around on stage, not saying anything, and not having it feel like thirty minutes at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it 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 requires such an incredible talent to be able to pull that off and pull that off so well. Like I said, these actors in the movie have the benefit of being able to go back and and film things again and try it again, if need be. But when you see it live, you just get a whole other appreciation for this, for this show in particular because of those, those types of things.
0: Well, I, I, I'm convinced like after, and especially after this discussion, but after seeing it, my thought was like the next time this, comes to town or is being performed or whatever, I need to go see this.
3: I have a very good friend that she just directed a production of this. They, they just closed like two weeks ago. And so I'm a little bit late early on in her production. She knew that I was a huge fan of the show. So she, she reached out to me. She's like, I got to ask you some questions. Cause I'm just not, I'm, she said, I'm missing something. And I, we just chatted about her for a while and I just saw her this weekend at a a get together. And she was like, I have to tell you, like talking to you made all the sense in the world. And it really got me to focus on the right things to make this show work. And it was such a great, it ended up just being a, a lot of fun. Once you know what to focus on and what to pay attention to and what the real important things in this show are. This show is all about these characters. You have to be able to portray these characters and all of their idiosyncrasies, all the things that John was just explaining about these characters. You have to portray them well, and you have to be able to stick to them. And if you can Mm -hmm. get these characters done well, everything else falls into place. It doesn't matter what the show is that they're doing. You pick up on the beats that you need to in act one, when you're watching them in the dress rehearsal. So you can enjoy the, the hijinks that happen in act two, for those people that have never seen it live in act two, in between act one and act two, the stage rotates, the set rotates and the audience is now sitting backstage or, or has a view of backstage or what's happening behind the scenes. Right? So when that's portrayed in the movie, that's what the audience sees in the theater, because the, the set piece turns around on stage and gives you that vantage point of watching all of that physicality play out while there's a performance going on on the other side.
0: Would you recommend, if you were going to see this for the first time, would you recommend watching it first before going to see it live? And I'll follow that question up with, when I went to go see Hamilton, and I think you had had just seen it for the 4 or 50th time, (laughs) Jeff? maybe 55th time. And I was just, Tammy and I were going to go see it. And I said, you know, I just want to be surprised. I'm not going to, and you were like, no, you know what, Pat? I'd make a recommendation, get the soundtrack, listen to it and check it out. And like, and actually I did, I I followed your advice and and I cranked it on and actually spent all night one time. I just stayed up all night and just listened to it on repeat. And you said, you're going to get a lot more out of the show after listening to the soundtrack and just processing everything and blah, 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 blah. So same question here. Do you think that like... Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, that was my question. Do you think you would get more of seeing it live to see it first and then go see it live? Do you think you would get more out of it?
3: Probably only okay. because it, it, it helps you get a better sense of how the whole thing flows together. And, but I struggled saying that because I, I, I loved going, going to see shows. I love going <clears> to, to the theater and the idea of taking something away from that by viewing a movie version of it first seems hypocritical. But I feel like there's, there are just some shows that if it can better help you process what you're about to experience in the theater then it's not a bad idea. You know, my whole thing with having you listen to Hamilton before going to see it is I I I felt that listening to the lyrics multiple times before I went to go see Hamilton really helped me understand because if I was if that was my first exposure seeing the show and listening to all that the first time, I would have missed so much that right I, it's so I, I, fast <laughs> I don't know if I would have really enjoyed the show as much as I did. I'm not saying I wouldn't have because I probably would have still loved it, but by exposing myself to the uh, soundtrack, it took that element away that I kind of knew what to listen for. So I didn't. I knew I didn't have to focus as hard on wait, what are they saying? Wait, what? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I I didn't get that. So in terms of noises off, I think mm-hmm. maybe only be only because noise is off is different in that act two is completely silent, you know, and, and yeah. you need to be able to understand what, what is supposed to be happening on the other side of the stage on the, on the quote unquote viewing audience side of the stage for act two to really be entertaining. So I think that's where seeing the movie could benefit yeah. somebody first.
0: Well, and and like the, the, the comparison to Hamilton is not exactly accurate because you All I did was listen to the soundtrack, right? Which is a huge chunk of it, but it's a chunk of it. It's not the whole thing. That allows you to focus on how the soundtrack fits in with the visuals, which fits in with the story. And so maybe just in this, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say,
1: I, I wonder if seeing the movie version of this first is you're having a movie director direct your gaze, Direct Mm -hmm. your eyes towards particular things and particular pieces of the scenery and a particular character. So I wonder if having that then gives you the experience to be able to go to, it's almost like watching (laughs) a movie for the second time. You know, you catch certain things the second time you see it. I wonder if seeing the movie version of this the first time helps you focus your eyes and focused your your gaze on something in particular. But when you then go see the stage production, you get the broader picture and you can catch little background things or you can catch three dimensionally. You can catch things you might not have caught in the movie version. So I wonder if that might make a difference. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Or, or at the very least, at the very least, I would imagine like, like prepping someone, you know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, don't focus on the story. Don't focus on the, you know, just, Pay attention to the rhythm, pay attention to just all the things that, that we discussed. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fun.
3: Well, Pat, I just want to say that I'm I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed this movie because it, it's always my worry when I really enjoy something. I always feel like I overhype it to people. Yeah. And, and, not, and then there's a letdown for that person because it just doesn't live up to the expectation that that I gave them. And I know that Bo and I have talked about this movie numerous times on this podcast, little references here and there about how much we really, really like this movie and really, really like the show. But then I always had the thought like, ah, oh, I wonder if we're saying that too much. Now we're going to get to do this movie. And then Pat's it's going to be a Pat and John are going to be like, this movie really didn't live up to what I was hearing.
0: Yeah, no, I, is, that's always the worst is you, you say something and you recommend something and then the other person doesn't get it. I'll tell you, it, I mean, like I don't want to make this too much of a love fest here, but that's one of the great things about doing this podcast with you guys is it's really like there's a whole string of things that like I just wouldn't necessarily go to check out, right? Because I've got a, I'm narrowly focused on movies that have a lot of explosions and motorcycles. Okay. And that's my curse and my blessing and whatever. But, you know, when we get into all these other movies, seriously though, all these movies that were based off of plays first, it's just been, it's just been kind of like uh, Neo in the Matrix when he gets Kung Fu, tra- you know, programmed into his brain in 10 seconds. It's like this solid hit of what have I been missing all these years? Because it's just, it's so. It's, it's so fun to see like the dialogue and, and just the creative things we do. And all these movies like that, my dinner with Andre, this one, I'm forgetting one or two others. oh, I know the the one that also featured Clark Kent and Alfred in it that was from 10 years ago. It was one of our patreon ones. Death. Death trap. trap. Death trap. And I, you know like you're watching it and you're, you're already like, okay, I'm trying to figure out the plot. I'm trying what's the angle here? You know what I'm saying? Like most of the movies, now that we watch and I'm not trying to roast it, but you know, you put on a, a superhero movie, you kind of know what the angle is. You put on an action movie, you know what the angle is. You put on a James Bond movie, you know what the angle is. It's fun watching this where you're like, okay, well, what are, what am I watching here? And, well, I'm watching this, disc, and you've got to wait and let it unfold, right? Like this, like my dinner with Andre, you kind of had to let the conversation go, and it was like what, what am I, what, what is going on? Death trap. Same thing. This one, same thing. And, Oh, I see what this is about. This is, and you guys have explained it in much more eloquent terms than I ever will, but that's just exciting to me is, is just seeing what that's all about and having to figure something out, having to be an active participant, What I'm saying in the, uh, it's
2: definitely not a background noise movie. That's for sure. Right. And that's, that's exciting.
0: And and honestly Jeff when all else fails my 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 thing is always like if you recommend someone and someone doesn't get it I'm just like you didn't like it dude man I feel sorry for you you just have no taste and just leave it at that like that's that's <laughs> the way I'd handle that that whole deal but no this was well, that's this was why I'll awesome. just
3: tell you that any music that you recommend to me I just, I enjoy I just oh. tell you that just so you feel better
0: <laughs> That's that's good man that's good you're 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 pumping me up
3: uh, Sinatra land was actually awful, but I, I that <laughs> yeah, idea. that's
0: right. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, so I'm just going to say quick aside and all this kind of thing. Uh, a kid comes up to me today, Mr. C, you know, that tune, it's been a long time. It's been a long, long time. And in the back of my mind, something like, like flick. Okay. I, I know that tune, but and he goes, yeah, the one by Harry James with that singer, Kitty Callen singing. That's a great song. We got to do that in band. And I'm like, Hold on a second, back up. What did you just say? Yeah, the song, it's been a long time. Harry James Orchestra from like, I don't know, 1930, whatever, whatever, that's a great song. And this kid is 13 years old. And I'm like, how did you discover that song? Because it's featured in all the Marvel movie, Captain America loves the song and everything. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't watch any of those movies, but yeah, I just, yeah, I just heard it. I'm just like, that's awesome. And that, all right, that, then. Yeah, I know. So when, when we were talking music and all this kind of thing, like just having a kid come up and like get to something that how, how did you discover this and all that? That's completely random thought. Sorry, John, you can edit that out or not edit that out or whatever. But
1: John doesn't. I think that's anymore. Yeah, he's given up. I make I make an attempt to but I, I am going to move us into our even though we've started to do this anyway, I am going to move. That's us into John's our,
3: polite way of saying. We're taking too much time away from the focus here. We need to move on. Oh, that's fine. Refocus, we, phase two. Here
0: we go.
1: We, we are nothing if not tangential. I <laughs> am going to move us into our deep thoughts segment, because I do have a couple of oh questions boy. for you there, but it's it's time for some deep thoughts.
3: And now, deep thoughts. <gasps>
1: All right. Super deep thoughts now. I'm not even going to ask the question, do you like this movie? Because we've answered that. I am going to ask the question, when was the first time you remember seeing the movie version of this? So I know we've seen, I saw the stage production in high school and that was the, that was the only time I had ever seen this was back in high school. The movie version of this, I saw about three, had not seen the movie version. Yeah. Had not seen the movie version before. And was very excited to see the movie version. Once I realized that, after I kind of fell in love with Death Trap a couple of years ago, excited to find out that Christopher Reeve and Michael Caine were in this one too. So, so for me, it was about three days ago. And if I haven't mentioned it already, I this movie is hilarious. I love this movie. What about you guys? When was the first time you saw the movie?
2: For me, it was high school. I think I knew we were do we were about to do it, and I just I kind of wanted to know more about the story itself. So I found the movie and I said, cool. After that, it became regular viewing because it's awesome.
3: (laughs) For me, I think I was probably in college when I first saw the movie. And I didn't know that it was based on, I I have no idea. I I must've been like flipping through channels or something. And it was on, and it would have had to have been a scene with like Carol Burnett Right, because that's probably what mm-hmm. made me stop to watch. And then as I was watching, and then, oh, there's John Ritter. That's pretty funny pairing. And then one after another after another, it, this movie just sucked me in. So you did see the movie first, both of you. Yeah, I saw the movie first. I had mm-hmm. I'd never, I'd never got a chance to see it live until maybe a couple of years ago. Okay. And I'd become such a great fan of of this show because i've seen the movie so many times and watched the movie so many times that anytime that i would see it advertised somewhere oh i gotta go i gotta go gotta go and one thing or another would happen i never got a chance and until a couple of years ago i finally got an opportunity to go see a uh, go see a production of it and yeah i just i love it i get so entertained by this by the movie by the stage show but I'll watch this one multiple times a year because sometimes I just need a really silly, make me laugh, make me forget about everything else sort of break. And this movie will do that for me.
0: When you first saw it, were you just like, holy cow, this is amazing? Like, because yeah. I know being involved in theater, did you like talk to other friends and whatnot that were in theater and be like, guys, we all got to see this? Like, this is amazing. Or was it more of a solitary experience or
3: it was, it was more of a solitary experience because so my involvement in theater was has mostly been musical theater mm-hmm. which tends to be a very different audience type than plays. okay And that's not to say that if you like musicals you can't like plays or vice versa. But knowing what I know of uh, a number of my friends, especially at the time when I first saw this, I don't, I didn't think that they'd appreciate it as much as I did for whatever reason. I appreciated it it at at first for the actors. Okay. And then after watching it a couple of times, I really started to appreciate it for the work that they did. Not just because of who was in it. Okay. And I've recommended it to a bunch of people since then. And, you know, if you like it, awesome. If not, then you're wrong. There you
1: go. And Patrick, you've kind of, uh, this is the first time you've seen it just within the last few days.
0: Yeah, first time I've seen it ever. Okay. A couple days. Okay.
1: Well, and I think we've established that we like this movie. You know, out of the four of us, no one has too much of a bad thing to say about this movie. But I am going to ask this question, kind of the flip side of one of our questions, like what works, what's memorable about this. Is there anything about this, because we've gushed about it for 45-ish minutes now. Is there anything about this movie, and I'm going to specifically stick with the movie, anything about this movie that does not work for you? Is there anywhere that it falls falls flat? Not for Pat. Because I've been trying to think, I've been racking my brain trying to think about, is there a moment where this movie does not hit for me? And I, I can't really think of one. And that's that's not me trying to cop out of not answering the question, but.
2: No, I can't really think of one where it falls flat. There are probably some times when I feel like I want more.
1: Mm,
2: Okay. But that's, that's all I can think of.
1: Okay. Jeffrey, you're deep in thought.
3: I'm I'm contemplating a great many things right now. I don't think there's anything I don't think there's anything this movie that when I watch the movie I go, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it's so well. Done. And I'm trying to think like, well, what could make me feel like something wasn't working right? And you know, I'm, I'm just going to say something else that just speaks to how great this movie is. In that when when a playwright writes a farce you have to imagine that a lot of the energy for the actors and a live performance is coming from the audience, the laughter in the audience. So to watch a farce play out in a movie and you don't have that, it's a very different experience. But it doesn't detract in this case. It doesn't take anything away in the way that it might when, when you don't have that live audience, that's, that's, it's like watching old TV shows sometimes when you, you can find them on YouTube, I think when they don't have the laugh track mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. and you're just mm-hmm. watching people recite lines that are funny and, and they're had, they're counting three seconds to pause for
1: laughter. And... Or it's been like the late night shows that we're trying to still record without audiences during COVID.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when someone, when, when someone's cracking jokes and, and being entertaining and stuff and you're just like. I appreciate what you're trying to do, but without that live audience energy, it's not working. And that wasn't the case
1: yeah, in this. Yep. Again, uh, just so well done. All right. So here is my, this is my last deep thoughts question. then if, if you guys have anything else after this, but then we'll jump into our three questions. My last question is who do you think, and this is, this is in general, this is not just for this movie. Who do you think has the greater impact on a production? Is it a great director or a great actor?
3: In a word, yes.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, that's a tough hair to split, because without your without the actor on stage who pulls it off, a, a good director don't mean diddly.
3: But a good director is able to pull that out of a good actor. Or a decent agreed. Agreed. A good actor knows when A good actor knows how far to go. Right. And you pair a good actor with a good director and incredible things are going to happen. But if one of those is unbalanced, it can hurt the production. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, in terms of your question, is it better to have a or whatever the hell your question was Mm -hmm. better to have a good director or a good actor
1: who has the greater impact on a production.
3: I, I think they have equal impact and it's up to both of them to keep it equal. You know, no one wants to be in, no one wants to act in a show in which someone is just telling you what to do all the time. A good director will listen and a good director will encourage the actor to try things, think things through, take chances, take risks, see what works, what doesn't give the, give the actor space to figure things out. And a good actor is going to know when that's appropriate and when that's not when, you know, a good actor is going to know when to listen and how to listen, how to accept a note after a rehearsal right the, the the actors job at that point and this is and and I would tell this to all my young actors when I used to direct the shows at school during notes you say thank you to acknowledge the fact that you heard the director give you a note and you heard what that note was don't give me your stories don't tell me why this didn't happen or why that didn't happen or what needs to be fixed we'll talk about that at another time you need to know time and place for those sorts of things. And a good actor is going to know that. So I, I, I think it's really hard to have one without the other and still have a tremendous performance for what, whatever I know. That's my two cents. Thanks. I know some things yeah. I make up others.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Well, don't we all? All right, do you guys have anything else you want to say before we move into three questions?
2: I wanted to ask Pat mm-hmm. what he thought of their light, but I thought well-placed use of music. So g- were you going to say anything more to that or no? Well, I just wanted to see what you picked up on first. Cause I know what I pick up on and I always, and it makes me laugh the way they do it. I think it's perfectly well-placed but I just wanted to know what you caught since you're our uh, so, resident well, music. Group. Well, I, so I picked up on the, the
0: opening right away. Mm-hmm. The da da, 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 And I'm like, okay, why is that making me laugh? Like all of a sudden I'm just like, why is that, why is that? And then I stopped and I went back and I rewatched it. And I'm like, after watching the movie and I'm like, why is that making me laugh? And I think it was just because I, I don't know if it was, how they did it, but it just kind of had that kind of a, a slide whistle and, uh... yeah, a little, a little slide whistle to it. And so I thought that immediately put me in the mood of like, this is pretty funny. And then I want to say at the end, it had like a, like a swing tune, right?
3: Yeah. At the, at I, the end it was no business, like show business. Right?
0: Yes. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. And, and it was, uh, I thought those the music hit, and it really those were the two the the two pieces that I really paid attention to was the little bit of the slide whistle with the with the which was was it God save the queen is that what the da
2: is that what that is uh rule Britannia is the okay, yeah it's not I'm not sure what the larger
1: piece is no, it's Rule Britannia
0: God save the queen isn't that the one that's da da da. Yeah. Okay, all right, okay, so yeah, I got that wrong. Anyways, I knew it was like a British-esque thing opening and then yeah, no business like show business, I dug it at the end, so I'm just rambling there, but though, that's the music I picked up on. But there was other stuff throughout, I, I really, I didn't notice it.
2: So what I noticed this time through, and I think it's, we talk about sometimes, you see a movie umpteen times, you pick up on weird little things, maybe because you were paying attention differently that day something about the interstitial music between acts and between settings hit me so hard this time through. They drop in a little, with a little help from my friend's riff going in, going from the rehearsal scene to act two when they're backstage, they drop mm-hmm. in another open and another show when they're going into, when they're opening in, uh, hold on when they're opening in Cleveland, I think. Um, Just those weird little, they're not not long bits of these songs. They're little 30-second clips before they jump into the next piece. I just thought it was an interesting, like, they made it all about the show. You know, they open with Broadway melody, they hit Lullaby of Broadway in there somewhere, and they end with No Business Like Show Business. It is just those little bits of music just, and Pat said it when he said it just, brought you in immediately and you started laughing and the way they picked those pieces they were just perfect
3: yeah great song choices
2: it was and there's there's the soundtrack is five cuts and you don't even get most of the song in the movie but god did they use it so well Did they use any music in the live stage thing just the noises off stage okay no that's not true was there a little jaunty ditty when the curtain comes down in one act I can't remember now
1: I don't, remember. I don't remember.
2: Yeah, you know what? Maybe it is. Maybe there's just that slide whistle. The curtain goes down. Maybe there isn't anything.
1: <laughs> hmm. Interesting. All right. I think it's time for three questions. He asks each traveler
2: five questions. Three questions. Three questions.
1: It's impossible to answer.
2: Impossible because you don't know the answer.
1: Nobody could answer that question. All right, rapid fire time. Lightning round, three questions. Question number one What is your favorite British slang? It's a word I shouldn't say, so I'll say something else. <laughs> okay. I love, I love it,
2: that though. One. That
3: one's somewhere. It's, it's,
2: it's very put, popular on Ted Lasso. Put it in Let's the say. chat. Okay. So the one I think I use the most in r- real life is kerfuffle, but I love dodgy also. Mm-hmm. And I've got a whole
1: bunch more, but I don't want to take them all from everybody. Oh, dodgy's a good one. That one gets me right, Chuffed. There you go. (laughs) It's the way they
2: say it. I just love it.
3: That is certainly not a family-friendly word.
2: No, but it's so great. And they use it on Ted Lasso in such a
1: way. Well, and we used to use it in fifth grade in England at the boys' school all the time. Well, yes, of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and all of our listeners can just wonder they, they'll they figure it out they're, they're smart people they that are. looks confused
2: <laughs> trying to figure out
1: how to get to the chat on my phone challenge for you i, I thought you in, were I,
2: uh,
1: I thought you were confused about the what the word meant and i didn't want to have to like explain that to you
2: he doesn't know what it means.
3: We can put it in the group text, but since Dennis isn't here, he may be really confused.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think 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 we're calling him that. Kerfuffle is a great word. I love kerfuffle.
2: Indeed. Mm-hmm.
0: I love kerfuffle. <laughs> I'd have to. I'd have to say the one I like is bonkers. I mm. I didn't know that that was. I didn't know that that was a, like British slang until later. But yeah, I yeah. I've. Bonkers.
1: I was always, I mean, living over there, I was always a fan of, even if it's not technically slang, just some of the weird names they have for stuff. Like the one kind of, I want to say it's like the equivalent of a screwball in baseball, a googly in cricket. Uh. Yeah. I always liked a googly. The other one, like some of the names of their food, like one of my favorites was always, and for the longest time I had no clue what it was. I just thought it was hilarious. was bubble and squeak. Dublin squeak or spotted dick? Yes, a little. Well, yeah, the kids were sporting events today. Did not go well, so I was just at dinner time. I was listing the names of British foods, and I used that one to try to get a smile out of them, and that was the one that finally did. So, when all Hmm. else fails, when all else
2: fails, bust out the spotted dick. Hmm. I've heard it's delicious. Um, It's a dessert. I've never had it, but
3: I don't know where this is going.
2: I was expecting. <laughs> I'm not sure I was that was the music John I was to comment on the dessert, but I guess I uh, assumed incorrectly.
3: Uh huh. I like the word daft. I like the word daft. <clears throat> That's yes. a Yeah. You can use it many ways. Don't be daft. Or that was yeah. Daft is good. Yeah. Although, I, so I do have a student this year who's from England. And every now and again, he lets some of his English vocabulary slip out. Yes, and they were ref- the kids were talking about like PE uniforms or something like that, and he was referring to sweatpants, but just the way he said jogging bottoms. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that'd do it. That'd do it for me too. Mm-hmm. He always wears jogging bottoms. Oh, it just made me laugh when I heard it. Jogging bottoms.
1: That's awesome. I feel like I have a jogging bottom even when I'm not wearing sweatpants. <laughs> Taking the piss out of someone is always fun. There you go. All right. Question number two. Favorite movie, show, or play with a mistaken identity trope? Uh, would you say Yes. You say I I would hate to find out that someone told me I had a plethora. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm, I'm just gonna reject your question. Oh,
0: Do you not? Are there just too many? Substitute your own reality for this question.
3: There's too many.
1: There are just too many crashing through my head right now. That I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Bo's favorite. I'm going to go with the Big Lebowski.
2: Yes, an excellent choice. I have had, due to you
0: guys suck.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I have been craving for white Russians lately. It's time. Oh no, oh no, <laughs> Woo, What is
0: this? Obviously, you're not a golfer. I don't think this is Lebowski. This guy looks like an well, an idiot.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I might go with the movie Dave.
2: oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yes.
3: Or there's other movies that have, like, small plot points. Murder by Death comes to mind. Galaxy Quest. Clue. Mm Yes. Galaxy Quest. Clue. Great. Awesome.
0: Awesome.
1: All right, Patrick, what have you got?
0: Pearl Harbor. I thought it was going to be good. (laughs) 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 All right no 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 oh, I, 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 I I, would I, allow I, you to I, use that
1: as your answer if you wanted to
0: no I I just I I, I want I like right conflict is corrosive like uh, Tony Stark said so no I'm gonna I'm gonna second the big Lebowski that's the only one I'm gonna that yeah that thing's awesome
1: nice and finally question number three what is your favorite noise anchor chains plane motors and train whistles
2: Lunch you sir A purring cat.
1: Okay.
3: I'm going to go with my kids laughing. I, I just, every time I hear my kids laugh, it just it warms me up. just makes me so happy.
1: Yeah, I can't stand it when my kids laugh. I can see that. <laughs> no, well, yeah, because they're trying to... Take over the world when, when they're laughing. When I hear it now, I know it's because there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. I, what makes me nervous is the laughter of my own biological children and silence. Those two things make me more nervous than anything else. Because both of them probably mean this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the one that I don't think anybody else would ever choose in their right mind. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with gonna home the, screen. Well, that is a good one. I was gonna go with bagpipes. Hmm. Patrick, we will let you go with bagpipes. Thank you.
2: Yeah. I mean, what are we going to say? Patrick. Oh
1: man.
0: My favorite noise. Well, I, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take an open, well, you said bagpipes, So, I mean, I can go with, we can go an an in open interpretation of noise. Like there's so many, there's so many good things out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going right there. I was going to say Adolf Verseth playing Mahler's fifth symphony w- would be like one of the greatest sounds you know, that it, that it'd have to be, but I mean, then, then, then the list just keeps going on. Right. You know, Doc Semmerson playing the fifth episode from five episodes for trumpet and, you know, Harry James playing, it's been a long time. I mean, like the list just keeps going on and on. I, would but yeah, I'd have to say Adolf Ferseth playing the opening to Mahler's fifth symphony.
1: And Pat's least favorite sound is a, deflating green balloon guys i'm just
0: saying this situation will be rectified that's all i'm gonna say
1: (laughs) rectified you hardly knew it hey now (laughs) i that didn't damn near killed (laughs) him on that note that's the end of this episode i don't know what else to say oh we are the 30 something movie podcast go to 30 there's no business like show business like no business i know for god's sake this has been a podcast and you know um here we are you could and here we are and you could go you could go there to 30podcast.com we're at 30 podcast on all the different social medias you can leave us voicemails uh ratings all kinds of other stuff you can join us on patreon become a co-executive producer Next episode's coming up. For the rest of this month, we've got Newsies will be up next, and then Aladdin, and then Cool World. Our Patreon is Singing in the Rain. Came out in 1952, so hitting its 70th anniversary. That is a fun, fun one. And then June next. We we're we not quite sure about the Patreon for June. We kind of decided that the... It's going to be the Godfather. We can do the Godfather. We're going to do the Godfather? I mean, not as well as the other guys. <laughs> not as well as we the other guys do, but all right, we'll give it a try.
3: Should we have the other guys come on and talk to us about the Godfather? We
1: could. We could see if they want to.
3: Why don't we do, they bring don't, all their
1: notes? We'll, we'll ask them. It's, isn't that kind of like asking somebody to do your homework for you? Shh. Okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Edit. I'll edit that out. No, I won't. Okay, uh, so June, we may or may not be doing The Godfather for our June Patreon. Regardless, the rest of the movies that month uh, all have Man in the title. We've got The Distinguished Gentleman, Encino Man, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, Lawnmower Man, and Candyman. Encino Man. Encino Man. Awesome. Awesome. July, the Patreon is Razzies of 1992, which will include Shining Through, The Bodyguard, Christopher Columbus, The Discovery, Final Analysis, and our movie from next week, July. The regular episodes for July will include Batman Returns, Reservoir Dogs, The Mighty Ducks, and Beethoven. So we have got all kinds of good stuff coming up for you over the next few months or so. So come on back here each and every week to get a new movie from 1992. I just rewatched The Mighty Ducks. Did you? It's been a long time since I've watched that one.
3: I watched all three of them, actually. Did you? They're good movies when you need just like some background noise. I was was sick in bed. I was just like, "Eh, I just need something on so I can doze off a little bit.
1: I think I've only ever seen the second. Mighty Ducks. There we go. Yeah. I don't think I've seen the first or third. What? Of what? You've seen the second Mighty Ducks, but not the first
2: one.
0: Yeah. You've never seen the Mighty Ducks? No.
2: At least I don't huh. think I have. That is uh,
1: interesting. Yeah. Have to go Obviously, the Obviously, you're not called. a golfer. Well, yeah, that's also true. I've tried. It doesn't work out well. You want to see a grown man cry? Watch me play golf. It does not work out well. It's not pretty at all. Mm-hmm. Eh, just drink early and often, and then you don't care. Okay. It's like it's like Caddyshack, but not funny and sad. <laughs> no. Oh, Caddyshack too. So yes, it's, me playing golf is like Caddyshack too. Ooh, yeah, it's like that. All right, everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.